This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Welcome to Strictly Business, the podcast where we talk with some of the brightest minds working in the media business today. I'm Andrew Wallenstein with Variety. What does the Fox hit series The Masked Singer, Pro Wrestling, and Dolly Parton have in common? They've all made it to the white-hot world of NFTs, courtesy of Blockchain Creative Labs, a new unit of the Fox conglomerate pushing the entertainment business into the future as boldly as anyone in the entertainment industry today. To help me sort out what exactly that means, I'm joined by BCL CEO Scott Greenberg and COO and President Melody Hildebrand. We'll be back to talk with them in just a moment. My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. We're back with season two of the podcast, which means more opportunities to glow up and become a more responsible and better adult, one life lesson at a time. And let me just tell you, this show is just as much for us as it is for you. So let's figure this stuff out together. This season, we're going to talk about whether or not we're financially and emotionally ready for dog ownership. We're going to figure out the benefits of a high yield savings account. And 
what exactly are the duties of being a member of the wedding party? All that plus so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. Hey, it's Zuko and Kayla from The Wake Up Call. Enjoy your podcast, but when you're done, don't forget about us. We have a radio show. We try to bring a smile to your face every morning. We also talk to some of the hottest country stars of today, and we like to share some good news with That's What I Like. Because Lord knows that's hard to find. When you're done podcasting your podcast, listen to us at 92.3 WCOL. Set your preset on your radio right now, and don't forget you can listen to us online on the iHeartRadio app. We're back with Scott Greenberg and Melody Hildebrand of Blockchain Creative Labs, a unit of Fox, the conglomerate that brings you Fox Broadcast Network, Fox News Channel, and much more. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Great to be here. So, nice to be here. Thank you. Scott, before we delve into what exactly you did with Dolly and the rest of them, I want to hear more about the genesis of Blockchain Creative Labs. We, we don't see a lot of this stuff in media companies. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great story, and it's actually how Melody and I first met. We knew each other in the company. Uh, you know, Fox, uh, so I, my day job, my side hustle is I'm the CEO of Bento Box, the animation company, which Fox acquired a little over two and a half years ago. And, um, you know, and Fox at its core is an entrepreneurial business, you know, and it's in this disrupting business. And, you know, as we're looking for new things to grow, we're, we're always challenged as leaders of what is next, what can you build on top? and of the business and uh we've been tracking what was going on in the space and you know we kind of had come to the pitch the idea that this was an organic thing to grow and um it kind of just the timing was right and at the same time uh, you know i pitched to charlie collier the ceo of fox entertainment is my boss at the same time paul cheeseborough the cto was working with melody on it and we kind of came together and uh, we put our heads and pulled the best and the brightest to you know go figure it out but why does this need to be a, a formal division? When I hear the word labs, I'm, I think of like, you know, a skunk works operation, but yeah. why? So, so the name is actually very descriptive. You know, so the name is blockchain because it's blockchain technology. Creative, at our core, we're a creative company. And, you know, and we want to, we believe it, it was a creative application. And labs, as we have many hypotheses that we want to prove, and ultimately we believe this is the future of content distribution. This is the future of, of really the creative production process. And we think Fox, um, as a place who taught America how to text 30 years ago with American Idol, is the right place to teach you know Americans you know, how to what a digital asset is and how to own it. So we thought it was a really great place to really, you know, again being an entrepreneurial place and you know you know from Lachlan to the leadership down, Paul and Charlie, you know, really let's go trailblaze and find the future and the melody and i just kind of came head to head and you know melody's been a great partner in this and together we've been uh, really jumping ahead and trying to uh, forge you know, figure out how to build this together and melody what part of the business do you come from uh, my original hustle was and where i still am as chief information security officer at fox um, so responsible for cybersecurity, uh, but i also ran product and engineering um, 
more broadly. And so I think another reason that Fox, I feel like, felt like it was really set up to go after this in a serious way was kind of by some of the decisions we chose not to go after. Like Fox is not trying to go after the streaming wars, for example. You know, we're not launching a direct-to-consumer bundle to go head-to-head -head, um, against um, some of the other media companies. And that really has freed up a lot of brain space, I think, for us to feel like we can actually leapfrog in a way and go to what we really believe is kind of the, going to be the future um, in Web3. And so I was you know, running our streaming infrastructure. And I, I think through you know, the decisions that we made, really the formation of Fox kind of post-Disney transaction, that's when we decided, or we kind of had the space to then make this decision that we actually want to forge into the future in a very serious way. And we had kind of the, the top line support and the kind of the war chest to be able to go after it. Um, and that's the reason to really found an, a whole subsidiary to, to take it quite seriously, not to treat this as like a small innovation project on a side, but rather actually a revenue generating business. And when you say top line, I mean, you you know, Scott, you mentioned Lachlan Murdoch. I, I mean, does Rupert, I'm just curious, do, are the Murdochs, do they get Web3? Is this the passion of theirs? Absolutely. I mean, they are holders of NFTs, I can personally attest. Um, and I think, you know, part of what, you know, we're doing is really trying to bring this technology to a broader set of people. Um, and it's, you know, historically, I think, been, locked up in a, you know, a group that had a very high intersection with people who had early interest in cryptocurrencies. Um, and that's interesting, but we think there's just so, such a broader application. So bringing Web3 technology to our executive team, bringing it to you know, the fans of our shows, I think it's all kind of in the spirit of democratization um, and in accessibility um, and, and recognizing that there are some kind of inherent frictions right now in some Web3 tech. And we feel like we're well positioned to help kind of smooth some of that to onboard everyone from you know our executive team, but obviously much more broadly to the fans of you know our sports, entertainment, news programs. So let's dig into the applications. I believed the masked singer was the first thing you did. Uh, so what was that, and why the masked singer? Why did it lend itself to this? I'll say the why, and Mel, do you want to tell what it, what it was? Um, so, look, The Mass Singer is the number one reality show on, on television. Uh, we put this business together last. We started talking about this last March, and we, you know, Melody and I, got approval to build this really last May. And so, we trying to figure what asset was there, what was a moment. So, frankly, we said, "Gee, what's a better place than the number one show on television on the Fox Network to do it?" So, um, you know, you know, we put an ambitious goal, and then uh, Melody, you want to talk about what we built? Yeah, I think we also just looked at it creatively and thought, you know, this is a show that just from the the art, the visuals, the the drama of the show, which has you know a weekly voting pattern, the concept that you know there are all these masks and characters behind the masks that fans have just identified with over time and have such passion around, um, and just the natural reveals. We just thought it was a creatively really well suited to what could be a first foray you know around nfts um so creatively there's a good, good match conceptually and i think we and then we pressure tested that with the producer of the show who was just really excited to dig in with us and i think that's one of our key learnings through through that process that obviously we apply to that moving forward is that you know integrating this the, into the, the core of the show as opposed to kind of being this this thing that sits on the side that is disconnected from the core of the show um, is, is less successful than having that really tight partnership. So we've really partnered to kind of release this marketplace 
um, that that draws on the drama of the show, that brings in the fan, as opposed to just trying to reach a crypto audience. We really wanted to reach the mass Singer super fan and bring them on board. Um, and we've created a thriving Discord that allows the mass Singer fans to come in and communicate and connect with each other like they've never before. The show can come on and talk directly to their fans and listen to them in ways that have never been possible. So this to us was really just kind of a first test that, that proved certain hypotheses. We've learned a lot from it. Um, I think there's a, we feel like there's you know so much more to do, uh, but it kind of was a, a first experiment. And Andrew, that was a this is you know, follow something Melody had said. You know, we we're doing this during the summer, and she was on a family vacation in Wisconsin, and we weren't sure the you know you have early adopters of crypto, and it was very important for us that our product was crypto pure, that we, that, the, that the purists felt it was authentic. At the same time, we had to make it accessible to our mainstream audience. And so Melody was in Wisconsin with her family, and she's like, "Great news." I'm at a restaurant and this waitress, she loves a mass singer, but she has no idea what an NFT is. So we so all of a sudden the waitress in Wisconsin became our calling card. It's like, what do we do to make the waitress in Wisconsin understand what is the own NFT? And this Discord was unbelievable because we had we had our, a lot of our moderators were, were crypto purists and doing the crypto conversations, but all of a sudden our fans showed up and they started having creative conversations, they started hanging out together. And it grew. I mean, Melody, what was the what was the percentage it grew? I mean, it was unbelievable what happened there. And I, I think that showed really what the beauty of Web three is really connecting the community and the creator and the content. And that's the beauty. That one to one relationship is really a special thing that we're trying to figure out. But Mel, what were the growth rates in that? It was really unbelievable. And yeah, yeah, I think we you know, we we drew off you know, about quarter million installs um, of wallets. And for the first, this was the first time for any of these fans that that we spoke to that they'd ever owned owned any digital asset, right? And so this was the test, like if we actually reduce the friction to onboarding, the fans will show up as, as Scott describes, uh, because they feel like they're getting closer to the creator. They're getting closer to Fox, they're getting closer to the mass singer, they're getting closer to Nick Lachey, you know, to the people in the show. And so I think that was, we were, I think really pleasantly surprised about how much the fans showed up and, and the growth rate about people getting into both the, the NFT marketplace as well as the Discord where they could talk about it. But I want to go back to your Wisconsin waitress who, you know, I, I'm just picturing, I guess, the average demo for Mass Singer and telling them to go on Discord, which they've probably never even heard of. And I just think, and, you know, a skeptic here and you know, rebut what my contention is, if you will. But to me, as I look at even the best applications out there for NFTs, it just feels fundamentally inaccessible, that there's too many things that are so not, you use the comparison of texting. Texting is simple. It's one step. This is like a whole thing. So to some degree, you know, do you really feel in 2022, and this took place in 2021, that there is a way to get at anyone but early adopters? I do. I mean, I, I also think, you know, there is friction, but in that friction is freedom. Uh, and, and we need to work through the friction to, to enable these outcomes. Uh, it's early days. So there is so much room for improvement and accessibility. It's the kind of thing we're working on every single day uh, to think about how we can lower the barrier to entry. But there are a few decisions we made early on that I think really helped. For example, we allowed social sign-on. We allowed a custodial non-custodial wallet. So that meant that you know fans didn't have to memorize their own 16 character private or 16 word private key. 
you know, we could actually manage that for them initially. And now we're giving them the opportunity to self self custody as they get more comfortable. That to me is a, an on ramp that can bring more users on initially, as opposed to just the, you know, immediately turning off. So social sign on was big, allowing us, you know, a custodial wallet was big. Um, by allowing credit card purchases that was big so i think we you know we accepted crypto we allowed people to bring their own wallets so we felt crypto pure as scott said but we also provided these more kind of web two um on ramps that i think brought people in if they began to see the value and that allowed them to stick around and they were willing to kind of work with us on what's next and discords i think no exception you know discord is was these were first time discord users for sure uh, i think what they found though was that once they got on it was a much safer space you know versus somewhere like twitter where they're dealing with all this noise and hatred and, and just just noise and in discord they could just be their true selves they could talk about how awesome the mother earth costume was and you know nest singer is kind of a banana show um and the true believers <laughs> are true believers and it's like it's really cool just to be able to see them be in a place where no one's a hater and everyone's into the show and everyone who's there like we, we did token gating so everyone was there like we could like verify like they showed up like they they were there for the right reasons and i think the community really responded positively to that I, and andrew I just, to your point oh, i'm sorry go on well no, what i, I just wonder that, is what, is that in terms of you, you, we're, what we're talking about is essentially a digital collectible and the collectible market in general merchandise in general that's only going to appeal to a super fan. And so, again, I go back to your comparison with texting. That's not a super fan application. That's, hey, take part in the voting of American Idol. Tens of millions are going to do that. Here, I just can't imagine, even if the technology was more accessible, and it does sound like you did everything you could to make it as accessible as it could be, that at the end of the day, how many people really want these digital goods? So and uh, so, I think you're dead on. And any day, if the end game here was to be a digital collectible business, Melody and I would not be doing this. It's not worth our time. Um, at least for us, what, what inspires us to do something interesting. Um, first thing we've been doing is educating. A lot of what we're doing right now in the Mass Tanker was educating people. Like, what, what you actually have digital property rights. It's a hard concept to understand. That actually, every, you know, in the virtual world now, every asset is has property, right? And you have a, you, you know, on the blockchain, you have a unique identifier, which is, you know, which is a really amazing concept. Basically, you have replicated. So one is educating and getting a trust. So there's a lot of that. I, I think for us, I, you know, like, you know, to, you know, people understand a collectible, they understand the value of that. So I think the market with art was accessible as the first time people say, okay, I understand this, I collect it. And so for us, it was an easy, accessible place. But if you look at the tokens that we, the, the cards that we sold, it wasn't just a collectible, it had utility. And we talk about NFTs, we talk about either social clout, sort of flex, like I was there, I was, you know, I showed up and it, it proved I was there. Two, it might have utility. So if you collected, for us, if you collected all the animal ones, you then got access to something else. So when we look at the future use of NFTs, the utilitarian access of A, that might act as a ticket to open up somewhere, or B, it might be access to a subscription. Like, you know, you you run the variety VIP process, that, somewhere, that may be tokenized, and you might reward people for being there early in that subscription. And ultimately, we see, and what we're excited about is, because ultimately these smart contracts and the code and these NFTs can actually have huge applications in multiple industries to reduce the friction, to take money back. And as Melody talked about, the you know the, the the freedom, you take your information back. You know, so one as a content creator, 
I control my I control my 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 content and I can choose who I give it to. And as a consumer, more importantly, no longer are you giving all of your information to these other companies in exchange for free content. You choose what you do it. So there's all these uses that are that you know smart people out there we're gonna work with and things we're trying to figure out where that's the exciting part. I think collectibles today is just, oh, this is the first use that we can wrap our head around. I wonder, and again, as as much as you've done to make the product accessible, that if we have this conversation in two years, three years, my guess is it's going to be a very different product simply because it has to get more mainstream. This, you know, custodial wallet and all, like what the, it, it just has to get simpler. Do you expect it's going to get there? I think so. I think there's a lot of companies, technology companies that are working on innovations uh, to make this space better. Wallets in particular, I think are an area that if you just look in the last six months, they've gotten so much better. Um, and there is a lot more competition right now. So all the wallet companies, I think, are upping their games to make things more accessible. I think there's you know, a lot of um, security and scam risk right now. Um, that I think companies are taking quite seriously that maybe they had underinvested in historically. So we're seeing just like a, as there's real money, as we're bringing onboarding more fans who might be slightly less sophisticated about the risks they're entering, but that our responsibility is higher, you know, to then be able to make sure these people have a good experience. So I think there's just a ton of innovation um, that that's happening right now. And I mean, truthfully, the smartest people I know in tech are all working in Web3. I mean, I came from like a, a big data startup before Fox. Um, I run into my ex-colleagues all the time now at every Web3 company we talk to. So I think the talent concentration is there, the belief is there, the innovation's there. Still early innings. I mean, there's a long road to go. Um, it's still, without a doubt, high friction. Um, and, and I think quite difficult for an average consumer. We'll have more with Scott Greenberg and Melody Hildebrand of Blockchain Creative Labs in just a moment. Snakes, zombies, sharks, heights, speaking in public, the list of fears is endless. But while you're clutching your blanket in the dark, wondering if that sound in the hall was actually a footstep, the real danger is in your hand when you're behind the wheel. And while you might think a great white shark is scary, what's really terrifying and even deadly is distracted driving. Eyes forward. Don't drive distracted. Brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Hey, everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Here's a clip from an upcoming episode featuring the weekly home checks, Keyshawn Lane, that you won't want to miss a common mistake that a lot of people do. They use fabric softener when it's not so great for your clothes. Should we never be using fabric softener? No, you should not ever be using oh. fabric softener. Oh. It leaves a deposit on our clothes, which is also left in the machine. And it also makes the clothes highly flammable. Wait, what? <laughs> yes. What you want to do instead is just use a quarter cup of vinegar. And that'll make them softer? That'll make them softer. And if you wanted some kind of scent, you can use essential oils. Wow, wow, wow. Catch new episodes of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult every other Tuesday on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Grown Up Stuff. It's the Breakfast Club, the world's most dangerous morning show. Hey! Angela E is kind of like the big sister that always pokes you in the forehead. <laughs> 
That's not how it goes? That's not how anything goes. Yemi's really like a robot. One of the best DJs ever. Believe that. Charlamagne is the wild card. And I'm about to give somebody the credit they deserve for being stupid. I know, that's right. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Oh. Listen to The Breakfast Club weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on 1067 The Beat. Columbus is real hip-hop and R&B. And we're back with the principals at Fox's Blockchain Creative Labs, where we're talking about all sorts of interesting applications, including, as we have this conversation just ahead of the South by Southwest Festival, which I should note is a Penske Media property, just like Variety. Uh, and I'm very curious to see what you guys are going to do in terms of your official sponsorship capacity there. And especially what you're doing with Dolly Parton, of all people. What, so what, tell me what the Dollyverse is going to look like. So, uh, look, we, we chose, as we, the timing, timing's everything, right? We were coming out of COVID. And South by hasn't been live in two years. Uh, and uh, when we started looking at the, the landscape of timing, and uh, we have some team members in Austin, and somebody said, what about South by? And, for us, South by represents everything that excites us of the opportunity of Web3. One, it, it, it really forged the way of independent filmmakers, right? And really in independent filmmaking, independent music. And then every, you know, the tech, uh, t- the tech run, you know, every major tech brand showed up there from Twitter and Square. So we felt what a great place to go and do something. So, you know, for us, we weren't exactly sure what we we're going to do, but we wanted to be there. So we wanted to be the sponsor, you know, we took the, the, the title sponsorship. So for us, our, our hope was, you know, some of the smartest minds in entertainment and tech. So our hope was let's try to take these two weeks, 10 days, however long it is, and try to make it like an Epcot. What is, how can we actually activate creators and be a big 10, have a conversation on web three of how can this technology apply for tech, for media in the future? And for us, it's not about, oh, this is about Fox and Blockchain Creative Labs, obviously we're talk about our stuff, but we have some of other partners and competitors really have the conversation. So that was our macro hypothesis. And um, Mel, do you want to talk about, um, you know, what we're doing there? Yeah, I think we're really trying to create the platform that enables the musicians and filmmakers to connect directly with their audiences via NFTs and via Web3. So we've gone to all the artists, we're working with um, quite a few of them now who will be um, releasing NFTs on a South by marketplace. Um, and they're also going to be able to have what are known as PO apps or kind of proof of attendance tokens um, so that anyone who shows up to their show can like, kind of scan a QR code and get a cryptographic you know, token that proves that they were there. And that to us was, it's a very web three zeitgeisty thing, but it felt so perfect for South by, you know, where there's, there's this, you know, the urban legend of I was in the back bar, I saw Amy Winehouse at her first show. And, you know, as I think our team says, I think something like a hundred X, the people who could actually fit the capacity of that space you know, cl- make that claim. But now, actually, we could have a, a real way to prove that. So, well, but let's we're not forget be had- about Dolly. Tell me, what, what, what are we doing with Dolly Parton? I don't want to <laughs> so give her short shrift. Yeah, so I think that the idea is we can have both new artists that we can pr- provide a platform for them to connect with their fans for the first time. So we're going to kick off the week first weekend with that, but really the culminating event, as you say, is with Dolly on the second weekend. Um, and we're going to be bringing her for the first time to South by. She's going to be streaming um, a concert um, on the blockchain. We're using uh, a really innovative um, technology called Alluvio, uh, which is a blockchain streaming technology, media distribution company. Um, and this, I think, is part of the hypothesis about how you know this capability is so much more than collectibles, as you say. You know, it's really we think it's the future of media distribution, and we think this is the, kind of the best way to kind of show that promise because we'll be streaming a live concert and we'll be selling her album as an NFT. Um, and so that's going to be kind of the Dolly 
Multiverse. Um, it's going to be a kind of a dedicated landing zone. Dolly will be there um, for a, both a concert and a talk where she's re you know, releasing a book um, with James Patterson. And she'll be having a fireside chat about that. And we're just absolutely stoked to be a part of it yeah. um, and to you know bring her stuff to allow her fans to connect with her in a new way they never have before. And just to, uh, just to add on to that, what's really important to get lost when we're talking about we're selling her album as an NFT. And what that means is, you know, when you had a, DVD, a CD, you owned it, you couldn't copy it, you couldn't broadcast it, but you owned it, you could possession, you could take it. When you're done, you could resell it. When you buy an album now on some of the other digital platforms, you don't actually own it. You have a license to use it. So if you end your subscription, you no longer, and you actually paid for it, you have no longer have access. So with blockchain technology, you actually, you're gonna have, we're gonna have a limited edition of these. So each one's have a unique identifier. So you actually own it. You have the same property rights digitally that you would for a CD. And when you're done with it, if you wanna resell it, you can. And the great thing is Dolly and us will get a royalty. And that to us, we, we hope to be doing this with video and episodic television after things air. So it's, a, it's the same distribution chain, but you're getting property rights back. And that is such a fundamental shift, which we're super, you know, luckily and we're doing a dolly because you know, she's so special. And, and uh, that to me is a real innovation we're really excited about. Well, but how do you, I think what you're starting to get into with the resale is, is smart contracts. How do you envision implementing smart contract resale fees without angering consumers telling them that you know you could own it again but then you know you guys are going to get a percentage i mean i think that it's um i, I think consumers are going to be psyched about it i mean it, it, we, that we've heard you know particularly talking to fans you know when and talking to artists you know when their fans buy something like they they buy because they support the fan the, the artists themselves right and we're like allowing that relationship to continue in perpetuity and so you know the vast majority is going to the artist you know primary sales going to the artist we're essentially taking a transaction fee um but, but a transaction fee that is way below say what apple would charge on an in-app purchase fee or way below what a credit card would charge you know even so i think there's like a small transaction fee on primary sales secondary sales now there's actually a way for that both of the the owner currently to to get the majority of the proceeds but for dolly to continue to get proceeds in perpetuity to me that just feels so much more fair it's like that is what the future should be i think i don't think fans are going to reject that um, it feels like that's about supporting the artists themselves and providing that long-term relationship uh, and things that's just been totally lost before because platforms essentially existed and it, it caused a lot of convenience but it also left a lot of money on the table for the original creators i i just you know, I also know you guys are going to be working with an upcoming animated series, Kripopolis, from Dan Harmon, yep. that will be on the Fox yep. network. I guess, like, The Masked Singer, I understood. Established property, fervent fan base, latch on to that, perfect. But why a new series that has no built-in... I mean, I guess Dan Harmon has some cred, right. but I, I was curious why you would sort of launch with... NFTs as part of a new show? It's a great question. So to be clear, we're not doing every Fox show, right? So it's not just, oh, you know, this is a check the box marketing event. Um, I think um, animation is different. You know, I think also you look at Dan Harmon's different. So what we look at, we're looking for, if you look at our deal with the WWE, you look at Mass Singer, you look at Dolly Parton, we're looking for creators or people who have a pre-existing audience who 
active. And I think you look at the Comic Con crowd, anima, you know, the, the animation crowd, they love animation. The Fox animation is, you know, it's the gold standard. So we felt that it was a great opportunity to A, the fans love hearing stuff early. So, and it takes us a long time to make a show. So for us, it was a great opportunity to start sharing digital art. So everything we make is digitally. And this was the original hypothesis of Blockchain Creative Labs from Bento. We, everything we make is digitally ready. Let's just log it on the blockchain and start sharing it. So ultimately, we're going to have provide exclusive access to fans. We might give it away to start and reward people for coming in early and getting a part of it, getting excited. And so getting them into not just, it's not marketing, it's really becoming part of it, being part of the process, seeing if you make, people love seeing this stuff. And then ultimately, you know, they'll be excited. And maybe what we hope to happen is those fans will be rooting for it. And they'll actually, you know, I can't, I'm not going to give away some of the cool stuff we're going to do, but there might be some utility for being an early fan. You might get rewarded and that be part of something. And then ultimately after the show airs on Fox, right? So it airs Sunday night, you know, and, and it goes on Hulu. And then the, when the home video window opens, you can buy the DVD. And maybe by being an early fan, you can get it. So to us, that fandom, the, you know, that it's a, it's a crossover of gamers, tech and animation. That was the right people. And Dan is so awesome. And the show is so fun. And it's about, you know, it's about ancient Greece. And so we're, money's being invented at the same time. So it just really ties in as we really, to us, it's felt like the right show to the right person to do it with. And I totally get how, I mean, Dan Harmon obviously has fervent fans. WWE, my God, those, I, and I grew up as a fan. Yeah. They're completely insane. I get it. But I, I still, on the collectible end of it, even with the Dan sure. Harmon, and, and I'm a basketball fan, but I don't understand NBA Top Shot. Like, why do I sure. want to own the video or, or the gif of the LeBron dunk that I could see on YouTube a billion times? How, to me, that is sort of like the, the first hump in consumer acceptance and the mainstreaming of this stuff. And I don't understand how to get past that. Help me. So let me, yeah, let me, let me attack it one way. I think Mel had a different way. Again, we asked about why Dan Harmon was something new. So one of the things we believe in is this is going to be the future of how shows get financed and produced. So if you're a fan of a writer, comedian, actor, and they want to do something, you might not know the new show. But if you want to support them and be a patron, right, this technology enables you to actually early on and support them. And, you know, you currently from regulatory rules, you can't actually own a piece of it. But there's ways to be rewarded and support it and get it going. And so it's about the one-to-one -one relationship of a creator and his fan base. And the fans can actually support the creator to own what they do. And, and that to us is the exciting thing. And we get it. This is the future of distribution. And we're going to provide a service and help do it. So to me, you know, I hear you on the NBA Top Shots, and Mel can talk about the collectability and, and that stuff. But to me, it's really about the early on of this is a moment I own. And to to the Top Shot thing, only thing I can say is the way it's explained to me is, you know, there's only one Mona Lisa, right? There's a ton of copies around there. I know, you know, I know, you know, the, the, the serial number says in the check, I own the Mona Lisa, but all the copies around there. So there's some value in clout for owning that. That's the one thing I can say for the NBA. I'm not a sports collector, but I can, I understand it. But to me, it's really about the other. It's about being the patronage and being supportive and being a part of something in the community. That to me is where this stuff goes. Now, what do you think? I think that the best Web3 projects, you know, are not purely about a collectible. They're not just about, you know, a piece of art. 
event. I mean, there is a sense of how the community is feeling like they are a part of something special, that they are connected to the athlete, they're connecting to the league, they're connected to the artist, the musician, the filmmaker, um, and they have a relationship, like a bi-directional relationship they never had before. And like, you know, Fox is a broadcast company, like we're so used to going one to many, right? And this is where we're seeing the promise of like, oh, actually, for the first time, like in these discords, it's actually like, it's bi-directional in this really special way. And so I think that's, I think a lot of Top Shots did an incredible job to like just bring this to the mainstream and to get people to begin to understand this ownership concept. And I think the next phase, like all the interesting projects that we're tracking that we're, you know, that we admire and that we're working on as well, we'd like to think, you know, are really embedding this community concept first. We're thinking about media distribution in entirely fresh ways. We're thinking about bypassing traditional gatekeeping, um, you know, technologies and just shortening the, the distance between fan and creator, um, as opposed to just, you know, an asset that I think all the questions you asked are totally legitimate. Um, but it's early, it's early innings still, you know. Um, one, one last question. I, I'm surprised we've gone this far into the conversation without using the word metaverse. Um, where does all of this fit into this other, I believe, connected notion that we're all navigating some interoperable three-dimensional world where NFT consumption is easy and all of that. Are, are, are you guys thinking that far in advance? We are. I, mean, I think of NFTs as kind of the a fundamental building block of the metaverse. I mean, you can't exist in this digital realm without property rights, without a sense of ownership, without a sense of, uh, you know, what are assets that I own that I'm connected to. So I, I think this is part of, we think this is like a building block to, to be able to create these more immersive experiences. We're doing some, a lot of technical exploration there and talking to a few creators who I think have very interesting visions about how to bring, you know, their their fandom into the metaverse and i personally believe there's not gonna be one metaverse you know i think there's going to be you know a heterogeneous space here with nfts as the building blocks and creators are going to be able to envision i think you know really excited things that no one is we don't even know what those things are yet but we know we're gonna need to have property rights while we're there so working on that those core underlying technologies feels like the right step well, I gotta say, I've uh, on this podcast and in 20 years of 20 plus years of covering the business, I've seen a lot of innovation come down the pike. I can't be any more sort of in a state of suspense about how this is all gonna play out. To some degree, as I think you hear from some of my skepticism, uh, there's a, a bit of naked emperor to some of this. That's okay. Sometimes there's failure and success comes in different ways. But I'm really looking forward to seeing how this all plays out. And thank you both for coming on the pod to talk about it. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. This has been another episode of Strictly Business. Tune in next week for another helping of scintillating conversation with media movers and shakers. And please make sure you subscribe to the podcast to hear future episodes. Also, leave a review in Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing. My simple solution to the problem was remove people from the scene and help them feel safer. In response to attacks against Asian Americans, 
Maddie Park raised over $250,000 to donate cab rides to the Asian community. There is so much more work to be done. We really need to come together and tackle this issue as a community. Support the Asian community. Learn how at lovehasnolabels.com. Brought to you by Love Has No Labels and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, this is Molly and Matt, and we're the hosts of Grown Up Stuff How to Adult, a podcast from Ruby Studio and iHeart Podcasts. It's a show dedicated to helping you figure out the trickiest parts of adulting. Like how to start planning for retirement, creating a healthy skincare routine, understanding when and how much to tip someone, and so much more. Let's learn about all of it and then some. Listen to Grown Up Stuff How to Adult on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Grown Up Stuff. Grown Up Stuff.